Welcome to the Pet Photographers Club with your hosts, Caitlin and Kirsty. Tune in as experts share their insights to help grow your business with higher sales, creative marketing, and kick arse business strategies. Now on to the show. Hello and welcome to the Pet Photographers Club. I'm Kirsty of Bits of Bernard Photography. And I'm Caitlin of Ragamuffin Pet Photography. And today we have a very special guest for you for season one, episode two of the Pet Photographers Club podcast. It's our very first episode interview that we're sharing with you all. So we're excited to bring on this amazing photographer and let's dive right in. Our guest today is a fellow Aussie pet photographer whose bright, sunlit work is instantly recognisable. She's a pillar in the pet photography community, having launched her business over 10 years ago, and she's gone on to share her vast knowledge, particularly in the more technical side of photographing animals, with her books Fetching Photos and Dog Shots, her Real Shoots video course, international pet photography retreats, and her online education website, Learn Pet Photography. It is the lovely and oh-so-talented Charlotte Wee- Wee- blah, blah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> It is the lovely and oh-so-talented Charlotte Reeves. Welcome to the Pet Photographers Club, Charlotte. Thanks, guys. It's really great to be here. (laughs) Thanks for joining us. Everyone's so excited for the interviews to get started, so it's really cool to have another Aussie photographer and and also for us to actually chat in real no well not in real life over the website but we've been talking for so long now this is cool yeah so thanks for coming on board no worries cool so for our listeners who might not be familiar with you and your story um charlotte how did uh charlotte reeves photography begin oh okay so um, i actually <laughs> how long have you got no i'll try and keep it <laughs> no i actually studied photography as soon as i left high school so i did a two-year diploma of photography when i left high school um got to the end of that and kind of couldn't really decide what i wanted to specialize in so i ended up getting a little bit sidetracked and going on to study uh multimedia and graphic design and then i worked as a web designer and a graphic designer for a number of years after that so it was only when i got my first dog like we'd had family dogs before of course, but this was my first dog. Um, she was a fawn Great Dane called Kaya and got her as a nine-week-old puppy and I started taking lots of photos of her and basically just ended up <laughs> obsessing over taking photos of my dog um, just because I wanted to sort of capture her as she grew from this tiny little, actually she wasn't so tiny, <laughs> a little nine-week-old puppy up into a big, you know, full-size Great Dane. So I started a photo blog for her. Um, I used to take photos of her and all her doggy friends and then family dogs. And um, so it just kind of turned into a, that, that she just happened to be my sort of main focus. Um, and I found at, uh, I was on Flickr at the time. Oh, yeah. Well, that's a while ago. Is that still around? <laughs> yeah, it's still around. I think it is, yeah. <laughs> I think I deleted my account a little bit. But yeah, it was good. It was good while I was using it. Um, yeah, so I was on Flickr and I found a lady in the States called Erin Bay in Seattle, and she was a dog photographer. And this was something that I didn't know was a thing, I didn't know it existed. I, you know, there were lots of other different types of genres of photography. So, you know, there's wedding photography, portrait photography, but she was a dog photographer. And she also just happened to have a fawn Great Dane. So we <laughs> connected on that, which was really nice, called Gracie. Um, so I just sort of got it into my head, wow, maybe I can be a dog photographer as well. And I sort of did a bit of research and looked around and there wasn't really anyone else doing it. 
Um, there were some places that were offering uh, pet photography maybe as part of family photography or were doing studio pet photography. Um, mm-hmm. But I couldn't really find anyone who was like a specialist outdoors, on location, sort of natural light pet or dog photographer. So I decided to kind of dive in and um, create this little niche and it, I won't say it was easy <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because it was it was not only sort of starting a new business, it was sort of educating people the whole time um, mm-hmm. that dog photography is actually a thing um, and sort of, yeah, it was, it was pretty tricky to start with. I was working as a website designer for probably the first five years, just part-time, and I was lucky it was a really flexible job and I was able to work between one and five days a week, sort of whatever sort of suited me. And it was, I mean, I really wish that I'd kind of, I loved um, web site design as much as I did photography because that was like the best job I've ever had in my life. Um, but, yeah, my heart just wasn't in it and I was just, I was just all about the photography side of things by then. So, um, yeah, built my business up and eventually quit my website design job and, um, yeah, here I am now and I've been teaching for the last, oh, I think four or five years, um, various different sort of offerings. Um, you guys have already kind of gone over that but, yeah, that's how I got started. <laughs> cool. That's awesome. Like such good skills to have uh, graphic design, I think, when you're self-employed, anything, but definitely um, a creative, you know, so you can, you don't have to spend all this money on websites and whatnot. Not that that's definitely. not really required now, but definitely 10 years ago, I, there wasn't really Squarespace or Wix or anything like that, was there? No, there wasn't. And like there wasn't sort of social media really when I started. There was sort of oh, yeah. very early stages. Um, so I don't think I was on Facebook until about probably three or four years after I was, you know, started my business. Oh, wow. Um, so, yeah, it was, it was all about um, it was all about sort of having a good website and, you know, having business cards and um, promotional materials and all that sort of thing. And the fact that I could sort of design those things myself um, was, yeah, super helpful. Um, so how did you get those uh, clients in the first few years? Um, I did I did used to do more events than I do these days. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of it was word of mouth. I was living on the Gold Coast. Um, I had a pretty good sort of network of doggy friends, I suppose, because um, mm-hmm. I ended up with you know, two Great Danes. And um, they're kind of eye-catching and <laughs> they help you make me because <laughs> they're giant and they're really <laughs> to talk to you. Um, so, yeah, just like sort of networking in sort of, um, you know, dog parks and things like that and also sort of doing events and having a little stall and having some of my work on display. I remember the first one that I did, I had um, – I think they were like A4 laminated prints. <laughs> I just kind of got like 15 or 20 of those and just sort of spread them out on the table and I was like, this is my work. Wow. Yeah. Check it out. This is awesome. Charlotte, I think I, have a, I think I have a screenshot of a photo. I wouldn't have it now, but like a photo of that stall that you had on like somewhere one time. And I was like starting out in photography. I'm like, okay, how do people do events? And I'm like scrolling through all these other photographers. And I'm sure that I've seen that. And I've probably had it in my folder of like photographers I stalk. <laughs> Gosh, wow, there you go. <laughs> what a creep. <laughs> probably one of the early ones too. Oh, my goodness. Well, I hope it helps. <laughs> um, yeah, so I guess it was a 
about that sort of stuff. And also I used to do um, postcards as well. So postcards in coffee shops and anywhere where people were sort of hanging around waiting. Um, So I used to um, have those and even like little pet supply stores and stuff I'd sort of go in and say, oh, Mm -hmm. these are my postcards here, have sort of a different design on each um, on each one sort of thing, maybe 15 different types. So people could kind of flick through and find the one that, you know, oh, that's my breed of dog or, oh, I really like this photo and they'll, they'll take that card. Did you do that with Moo cards? No, I didn't. I just, I, I, yeah, I knew someone, um, actually one of the people that I worked with in my web design business, she uh-huh, also, um, yeah. Yeah, she also had a, a printing contact, so I just got them custom printed. Um, but, yeah, Moo's great. I use Moo now for my business cards. Yeah. Mm, so good. Yeah, me too. Um, just because you can refresh them so quickly. You put all your favourite photos on and then six months later you've run out, but that's okay because you've got new favourite photos. You can you get some more printed up. Yeah, yeah, they're good. Did you find, like, when you were going into pet stores and that sort of thing, because – Nowadays, obviously, pet photography is much more of an established, not not compared to wedding photography or anything like that, but people are generally aware that it's a thing at least more than they were 10 years ago. Whoa, 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 whoa. Maybe in Melbourne and maybe Melbourne and Brisbane. <laughs> yeah, well, people in the pet industry, I'll say, not people that you, like not my plumber who goes, what, you're a pet photographer? Yeah. But if you walk into a pet store, generally they're aware that, it's a thing now. Um, how did you go about sort of educating people since you were the first person in your area doing it? Yeah, that's that was the tricky part. And the thing is, like, I'm, I'm mm. not even that great at talking to people about that sort of thing. I'm a bit yeah. of an introvert myself and I find it really difficult to talk to people. I feel you. <laughs> so that was actually a real struggle. But um, what I did have is a little, I've got it somewhere, it's a little um, like a flip book sort of thing and I used to actually take that into places and sort of show people things rather than trying to explain. As soon as you say pet photography, especially back then, people would just think, oh, you know, yeah. puppies and kittens in baskets with flowers. Yeah. <laughs> so you had to like, like get over that real quick because otherwise you'd lose people. Um, so, yeah, I just had a little flip book that I used to take in and um, just sort of say, you know, this is what I do. Here, look, have a look at what I do. <laughs> yeah. Um, and people could sort of hold it and flick it through, flick through it in their own sort of time and, yeah, that seemed to work pretty well. So fast forward 10 years, how are you getting most of your business these days? Pretty much my website. My website mm-hmm. came in pretty early, um, I guess because there wasn't a lot of competition for the keywords on Google. Right. So my website's been ranking first for Brisbane or Gold Coast Pet Photographer for years now, for probably about eight years. Um, I'm usually the first or second result. So that makes a a really huge difference actually. Um, So I actually get most of – it's a pretty even split really between um, personal referrals Mm -hmm. and then my website. So because because I'm the first site that people see when they go and that's what they search for, and it's surprising the number of people who do, do actually just go and search Google for dog photographer. Yeah. Um, and because my website is, is quite nice, I put a lot of work into it, um, 
you know, I've put a lot of work into the layout and the copywriting, the, uh, the actual writing of the copy mm-hmm. uh, and the portfolio and that sort of stuff. So it, it just works super well for me and that suits me really well. Yeah. <laughs> I don't need to go on and do a lot of other promotion stuff. So, yeah, it works. It's pretty good. Um, and I, up until probably a couple of years ago, I was still doing quite a few events just to get my name out there and just, just keep, um, I guess, people aware of me and then mm-hmm. the local community dog community um so yeah i don't like to be honest i don't do a hell of a lot of marketing it's not something that i sort of really concentrate on and i've got a social media presence but i don't do a lot of pushing things through that um but i have built up a lot of fans over the years i suppose it's just the amount of time that i've been around has really helped um, mm-hmm. yeah that makes sense yeah. are you doing anything if it's 50 50 website and referrals are you do- doing anything to specifically generate those referrals or it's just coming naturally no not really <laughs> just kind of good service naturally. yeah one thing that does work really well for me is i've got a, a consult room in a pet supply store um, okay very very central in brisbane and in a suburb called Orkinflower, which is very close to the city and that's where i go and visit uh that's where i go and meet my clients when they're um coming to me for viewing sessions i've got my work up all on the walls um i'm on really good terms with the owner and um she pretty much talks me up all the time she's probably <laughs> she's probably my number one sort of referral give up really because people come yeah. in and they see the work on the walls and she's got you know i photographed all of her dogs and there's Mm-hmm. her dogs on the wall which really really helps because she's got a sort of personal had that personal experience of the whole you know pet photography thing with me um which is really helpful um so yeah that's that's probably the, the biggest source of referrals i'd say but it's not something that i have an official um like a formal agreement right or a referral system as in you know you refer someone you get a certain amount of credit or anything um i find that's just a bit just a bit fiddly and a little bit hard to keep track of. Yeah, I can imagine. Um, so I just, yeah, I, I don't do too badly with just sort of um, people just naturally giving me referrals, I suppose. Works pretty yeah. well. It's perfect. I think uh, just quickly on how people are searching for um, for pet photographers in your area, Charlotte, I think that's probably actually a testament to all the groundwork that you've done in the early stages like there's been pet photography in Brisbane and the Gold Coast for over 10 years because of you and so since then I'm sure there's a lot of other pet photographers that have popped up inspired by you and others um yeah yeah, and so um you know the I guess the whole industry has been marketed for the last 10 years but if you come somewhere like Adelaide Adelaide's only had a pet photographer natural light since me so that's five and a half years or something um which is half of the time and there's half of as many competition because of that as well um but don't worry they're all starting (laughs) um but no one said like uh, shane's really good my partner's really good with um like google analytics and stuff is such a nerd with with that stuff and uh, yeah he's kind of looked into it all and stuff he's like yeah no one is searching that term Kirsty. like only searching it if they've already seen another pet photographer or something so um definitely i think um the stuff that you did in the early days um would be great for anyone that's starting out in a city that maybe doesn't have other pet photographers yet would you still recommend doing those things oh definitely yeah the more that you can get out and the more connections that you can make with people um that's that's definitely something that i was I probably could have put even more effort into, to be honest, um, but I, I kind of felt like I was a little bit held back by 
my personality, I suppose, um, in that that sort of thing didn't come naturally to me. Um, but definitely, like I know people that are that just go to dog parks and just take photos and just hand out business cards, and that works really well. I wish I could be that sort of person. I mean, I've, I've never actually handed out business cards at dog parks. No, I haven't either. <laughs> yeah, I've talked to people and kind of like mentioned sort of, you know, that I'm a pet talk from that sort of stuff and that sort of leads to things. But, um, yeah, I guess the more the more forwards you can be in, in going out and getting that stuff done. And even I think the other thing is too, if it's something that doesn't come naturally to you, it's mm-hmm. one of those things that will get better with practice. So the more that you do it and the more that you practice going out and talking to people, the, the more, I guess, naturally it will come. Um, so yeah, I guess that's my, that was always my biggest concern with, um, with that sort of style of marketing and networking and stuff, but, um, it definitely does get easier. Yeah. That's really good to hear. Was there a moment, um, in the early days where you can sort of pinpoint that there was like a catalyst or like the the ball started rolling for the business to start being successful? Like at what, or I guess at what point did you go, I'm going to quit the web job and this is going to be a success um i mean there must have been a point at some point i'm just trying to remember what it what it was it could have been a more gradual thing i think that happens to people too but it was probably more of a phase out thing for me Uh Um, because i had such a flexible part-time job i was able to sort of when I was busier with the photography, I would, you know, only do one or two days a week in my part. Right. Um, and then when I was, when I just really needed to hook in and make some money and have a regular kind of, you know, regular amount of money coming in, I could do more of the, with the part-time thing. Um, I think it was actually, I think I quit my job shortly after going to America and meeting up with a bunch of other pet photographers. Um and having a great time and just really thinking, right, this is what I need to – I guess it was it was more of a conscious effort for me that I needed to stop stuffing around like working <laughs> in a job that I didn't really love anymore. Yeah. Um, and I was like, right, I'm going to make a go of it, you know. So hanging out with those guys uh, for a week or so just really made me think, right, this is what I want to do. This is what I need to make happen. That's awesome. Um, so I guess I came back and that's what I did. <laughs> When you went over to the States, there probably wasn't any big conferences or seminars or anything happening then, right? So you must have, you guys must have organized that just as a group. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. So we had a, we had sort of a, a forum. I think it started off before Facebook groups or anything like that. So we had an actual, you know, good old fashioned forum going on. Um, so it was myself and Alona House from um, Scruffy Dog Photography, mm-hmm. um, Sarah Riddle, um, Sarah Earnhardt. Um, Ruth O'Leary from Australia Um, she was part of the group but she couldn't make it over unfortunately Um, and Kaylee Greer as well so that was the first time I met Kaylee Um, yeah so we just had like a a little chat group I suppose and we're like right let's do a meet up (laughs) so we just that's awesome we just sort of made it happen so yeah that was awesome experience we had some um, we had some model dogs organized so we all shot together and yeah it was good fun Cool. That's really cool. Um, and I think anyone could probably arrange that. Oh, definitely. Like if, you know, this is a growing community now. Like, I mean, how many people are involved in um, Nicole's Hair of the Dog page now? There's like five and a half thousand or something. Something like that. Yeah. Mm. It's so cool. At what point from, you know, you've started the business, you've then decided to throw yourself headfirst into it and it's now 
your only job? At what point did you then start thinking, okay, I'm going to start teaching other people how to do this? Um, yeah, that's a good question. So mainly it was um, people just used to email me and ask me stuff mm-hmm. all the time. Yeah. <laughs> so I guess because my name was sort of getting out there, not just in Australia but internationally as well, um, and people just wanted to know how to do what I did. And so they would email me questions and I would just like, I'm not the sort of person that's just like, oh, I'm not going to answer anything. I'll just trash it, whatever, <laughs> care about them. I used to personally reply to everybody and I was just giving the same replies to so many people because it was all the same questions about, you know, lighting and exposure and settings and shooting action and all that sort of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was like, wow, I need to find a way to give people answers without it taking so much of my time because it was taking a lot of my time. Yeah, I bet. Three, four, five emails a week of people just asking me stuff. Um, so I was like, wow, what can I do? So I thought, oh, maybe if I just put it all into like a little a little guide or something. Uh, and then that little guide turned into an, a complete like 100-page <laughs> book. Uh, so that was what, uh, <laughs> you don't do things in half, Charlotte. Yeah, no, I don't. I really just go on. <laughs> things, things escalate quickly in my world. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, so I, I, I wrote that first uh, ebook, Fetching Photos, and instead of just concentrating on the things that people asked me, I was like, right, well, what are people going to ask me in future? Yeah. <laughs> so I tried to kind of anticipate all the knowledge and, and skills and things that people wanted to learn about and put it all in the book. Um, so yeah, that was so fetching photos. My ebook was the first, my first foray into teaching, I suppose, and around. Um, so around the same time I also started offering mentoring as well um so in-person mentoring so I actually started that I think just before I went to the states and met up with with a few people across the states I think that was sort of you know my first foray into mentoring and I just really loved it like I just really love teaching people explaining things to people and you know I just I just love the look in people's eyes when they get something you know when it's something that's been such a mystery to them before and all of a sudden they're like ah no twig and they get it and I'm like yes I helped them get that (laughs) (laughs) yeah that's a nice feeling so um, yeah it just makes me really happy Yeah, that's kind of how I started off with the teaching side of things. Mm-hmm. And with with your teaching, um, Charlotte, you must have seen some pretty amazing growth, I suppose is the best word, um, amongst these other photographers in, in their work. Have you, um, you would have stories, whatever, about how much that's changed their business as well? Yeah, definitely. I think um, one of the big things that people um, struggle with, I guess, is confidence in their work. Yeah. And also yep. um, people feel like they don't have a style. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's the thing because because they're sort of, they're still in that exploratory stage, I suppose. And I went through that, that phase as well. When I was first starting out, I did some really interesting editing styles with heavy vignettes and, you know, crazy. <laughs> <laughs> really interesting. <laughs> <laughs> so um, I went through all that stuff as well. And I see other people going through the same, the same process, but, because of, I think because of social media, they feel pressured like they need to mm-hmm. have a style before they've really explored their own style, before they've really, you know, had time to explore what they like doing and the sorts of imagery they like creating. So I think there's a lot of pressure on new photographers. Um, 
So I think one of the things that they, they get from me is, I guess, number one, the technical skills and knowledge um, of, you know, exposure-wise and working with light and all that sort of thing to actually technically improve their work because once you've got the technical side of things, it's a lot more uh, it's a lot easier to, I guess, realise your creative vision. Mm-hmm. Um, you've, got the, you've got the skills and the knowledge behind it and then you can sort of go forth and be creative and not be held back by things that you don't know. Um, and the other thing is probably nailing down exactly what their their style is. So people might sort of gravitate towards a particular thing but they don't sort of realise it until they actually have someone else to really sort of objectively looking at their work and saying, well, look, you you know, you seem to gravitate towards this sort of airy sort of colourful style and you've got this dark work as well, but it actually also ties into the same sort of theme. And so I love, that's why I love doing the portfolio reviews actually is because people present me a set of images and I can go through and find common themes in their work. And I think, mm-hmm. I think people having that sort of sense of self in their work really sort of helps to, I guess, make them feel more confident. And when people feel confident, they feel confident enough to charge what they're worth. Definitely. Also, from the client's point of view, if they're looking at a portfolio that does have that consistent style, I feel like it's more reassuring for them, sort of like the everyone's getting the same thing. There's not that risk of, wait, am I am I going to get this or am I going to get that? Because those two things look completely different. Exactly. Um, because yeah, I wouldn't like to see that from the as a client. I wouldn't want to see that. That would put me off. So yeah, definitely. I can. That makes total sense. How sort of realizing your style would be huge in someone's business. Um, yeah, definitely. Trying to think back, I like I remember doing that whole experimentation phase and trying to work out what I wanted to be. And yeah, do you think it's something that sort of photographers just have to push through, or do you have any specific advice on how they might? themselves start trying to define that yeah I think um I think my best advice with that sort of stuff is people just really need to get out there and shoot more Mm -hmm. Um, because I like when I was first starting out in the dog photography side of things like I used to be I had a I did a project 365 project photo a day um for the whole of 2007 I was out there shooting and it wasn't necessarily all dogs it was just getting out there and shooting and just working out how I like to see the world. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think people probably need to spend more time shooting and experimenting and editing and looking at their own work and and definitely get, I get inspired by other photographers' work, but not to the point where they're on Facebook every day looking at everyone else's work and going, oh, why doesn't mine look like that? (laughs) (laughs) Um, I think there's, yeah, there's a lot of pressure on people to get a style Mm. and get good quickly uh, because there's so many other people out there who do have a style and do, you know, are quite good. Um, But I think giving yourself the time to work through things and also letting yourself practice is a huge thing. So actually getting out there and just shoot, shoot, shoot and shoot some more. <laughs> Basically. I would I reckon doing something like your 365 day project, for example. Yeah. Um, I did something like that similarly before pet photography, but just when I was starting out in photography as a way to sort of work out how to get better technically, my creative eye, that sort of thing. But I definitely think 
finding some sort of project like that is a great way for photographers who are first starting out to improve their work technically, yeah. improve their creativity, work out their style. There's that um, beautiful, I don't know if it's still around, but you remember the Beautiful Beasties forum? Yes. Yep. And they had that weekly challenge. Challenge. Yeah. Um, I loved doing that. Yeah. It was like, way, like eight years ago or something. But, um, yeah, if there's anything like that that photographers just starting out could find it or, or create a group themselves or anything. Um, I, yeah, I definitely think doing projects is a great way when you have the time to it's helpful. Yeah, because if you're accountable as well, it's not just, I mean, if you're a fairly motivated person and you're okay with just keeping mm-hmm. yourself going and uh, making yourself get out there and shoot, but a lot of people yeah. need a little bit of help to just, you know, be consistent with that sort of thing. And doing a project or getting involved in a, you know, photo challenge, a weekly photo challenge or something like that. It's definitely such a great way of like keeping you accountable and getting you out there and practicing um, as, as much as you possibly can because that is the way that you'll find your style. That is the way that you'll become more technically technically proficient um, and like even just using your camera just is, is so much easier because you're doing it all the time mm-hmm. and it's muscle memory, you know. Yeah, definitely. I never did anything like that and I definitely recommend that you should. (laughs) Um, But, I mean, obviously I was happy with the standard of work I was putting out by the time, you know, I was charging and everything. But I saw a massive improvement in my work um, when I did the Tales of the first book, the Tales of Adelaide book. Oh, yeah, yeah. When you guys did yours because I was shooting Mm -hmm. because I did mine in such a short space. So I had like 60 shoots in... I think it was like 45 days or something. I was going to say, yep, I remember the craziness. Um, <laughs> and so I was just shooting back to back to back to back to back. We should interrupt. We didn't tell any of the listeners. Um, oh, yeah. So yeah. <laughs> we're just having our own little chat here and not explaining it at all. Sorry, listeners. So for anyone not aware, um, the Tales of Adelaide book that Kirstie was referring to, um, Charlotte, Kirstie and I have all published books under the Tales of Australia umbrella. So the pet photography books, not that we don't need to get too far into it, but basically um, coffee table books where people paid to be involved and then we would do a shoot and then we um, published and designed them and printed them and that sort of thing. But, yeah, so the three of us have worked um, as well as with, uh, Ruth O'Leary and Claire Garrett of Petography. Um, so we did those books. That's what we're just yeah. chatting about. But, yeah, it was crazy <laughs> shooting so much. I did. Um, so I think I don't know why I did it in. Oh, I was living back in Victoria and then that I wanted to kickstart Adelaide again. So, anyway, I just had to sm- smash it only to a small area. But um, doing – yeah, doing so many shoots just back-to-back in such a short period, like you just have to learn really quickly. Um, and, I mean, obviously that was a lot of pressure because I was doing it on clients and I was already at a, you know, professional standard, like that was fine. But when I look at my, like my shooting style even has changed since then because I shoot like a lot quicker. Um, I learned how to interact with the clients better. Speed is the big thing. It's just being quicker doing everything yes. is just what practice does <laughs> crazy hey yeah. yeah exactly but yeah I wouldn't recommend um <laughs> using a project <laughs> like that like that really um but yeah any personal project would probably be a better way to do that so yeah good yep. tip there Charlotte <laughs> 
So, Charlotte, when you're shooting, how long does an average shoot go on for you? Uh, generally about sort of one and a half to two hours. Um, Is yeah. that because I'm just thinking you would be – quick being so technically proficient so the reason why I'm asking is the issue that I'm having lately um is just naturally of course over the years shooting speed increases yeah so my shoots are becoming shorter which in theory is great but then it's sort of difficult to explain to the client oh the reason your shoot's an hour shorter than the shoot three years ago is because I'm quicker yeah Um, Yeah, sort of like just sort of having a slow chat at the beginning of the shoot trying to drag it out um but how do you go about sort of making it a whole experience um and also making sure you get all those variety of shots and the whole shebang for your clients yeah um Another good question. So, (laughs) (laughs) making me think. Um, So, I I mean, I like to allow two hours because not all dogs are the same and a lot of dogs are a lot um, more difficult to work with uh, just because of, you know, that they might be a little bit fearful or they could be a little bit crazy or really high energy or even just really low energy. They're all different, I guess. So, I, I find that that two hours gives me a good amount of time if I need it sort of thing. If I'm mm-hmm. able to work with the dog really quickly, um, so if I didn't don't have any sort of behavioural issues to work through or anything like that, um, I, I kind of like to make the two hours into a, like a, just a nice, enjoyable afternoon out. Like it's, it's, I guess it's more about creating an experience for people mm-hmm. because I think that is what they're going to remember about the photo shoot is having a good time and having their dog, you know, cooperating and being able to try maybe some different things that we can't try with other dogs because maybe the other dogs need a little bit more working through issues or whatever. Um, So, I mean, I can probably, like I I know when I do my rescue shoots of foster dogs, I know I can get sort of 10 or 15 images within about 20 minutes. Um, So, I mean, technically my shoots probably only need to be about 45 minutes long. Um, but I just like to make it a good experience for people, I suppose, is the thing. And so, you know, we, chat, we walk from place to place. Um, we sort of, you know, have, you know, play with their dog, I guess, as well and not sort of be taking photos the whole time. Um, so, yeah, just make it a nice experience for people, I suppose. Yeah, that would be so important for the client. You're picking the loca- location, right, or does the client – or it's a combination? Yeah, a bit of a combination really. So I've got a location guide that I send through to people when they book and it's got about 20 different locations in it and example images and I guess um, sort of information about that location, so what sort of dogs it's suitable for, what days of the week are best to go there, whether it's better as a morning or an afternoon session. So people can kind of flick through that guide and, and they'll probably have a pretty good idea of which locations are going to be suitable because they know their dog. So, you know, some locations are a bit busier they might be more urban they they might be um I guess not quite so suitable for maybe dogs that are reactive to other dogs or that aren't good with you know new people or whatever um and then if people have any sort of questions or they might be like oh I like these three locations but I can't decide which one do you think so I'll then refer to their questionnaire and, and sort of have a talk with them about you know what they want to achieve what sort of what sort of look they want in their final images, um, whether they want action, that's a big thing. 
um, because some locations the dog can't be off leash. Um, we can sort of still do action if the, if the dog can be on a long lead, mm-hmm. but it's never going to be as, I guess, as natural as you can if the dog's running out of lead. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, all those are little considerations that sort of go towards, you know, which places we shoot at. And I've, got, I've definitely got my favourites. Um, and I do probably tend to steer people towards those places that I know that I'm going to be able to absolutely yeah. nail it. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> so yeah, I've got, I've definitely got my favorites, but, um, yeah, I mean, I've got a lot, got a lot of variety, I guess. Mm-hmm. Sort of depends what people want to, yeah, what people want to achieve with the images as well, I guess. Do you have a lot of clients, um, wanting action shots? Um, I think so, yeah. I'm just trying to think specifically. Um, I feel like um, because it's sort of a difficult photo for people to take themselves, um, I feel like a lot of clients uh, get quite impressed with a really, like, excellent action shot because it's obviously not something they can capture themselves on their phone in their mind's eye. Um, And definitely I think... I've, I've seen some beautiful work, especially with your two that you've done, but just in general of yours with action shots. Do you have any advice for t- photographers who are struggling to nail that technique? Practice. <laughs> it's, it's just, it's seriously just practice. Um, and also, I guess, not relying just on camera settings. Like mm-hmm. there's so much more to taking action shots then there is just having the right settings on your camera. There's, um, you know, you've got to think about the location and the light is really important as well. Mm-hmm. For example, what sort of light would you be ideally recommending photographers be chasing? Um, so if people are just stuck, I mean, generally your autofocus system is always going to work better when there's a, um, a high contrast area to sort of lock onto so that the camera can track focus. And high contrast comes from harsh light and then harsh light comes from the sun, right, the bright full sun as opposed to, you know, cloudy weather or backlighting or anything like that. So um, if people are really struggling to capture action, I definitely recommend people start off by trying to capture action in full sun. Mm-hmm. So with the sun low in the sky, late in the day um, with, with the full sun on, on the subject to give it the most sort of contrast um, because that's always going to be much easier for the camera um, to lock onto and track that focus. Um, and then once you sort of get that and you get better at, at a bunch of other different things with shooting action, so, you know, your position, um, your angle, um, handling the dog so it does the action predictably over and over so that you can practice and, and have a better chance of capturing that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you can kind of move on to different lighting. Yeah, that's great advice. Yeah, perfect. So you've just wrapped up your real shoots, right? And published and released and everything, the final episode? Uh, close to. No, I just did episode nine. So, oh, oh um, close. 10 is on the way. Yeah. <laughs> That's so exciting. Congratulations. So, for, I mean, I briefly did it in the intro, but for listeners who don't know what that's all about do you want to tell them a bit about real shoots yeah awesome okay so real shoots is <laughs> um it's been my baby for the last year or so um it's also taken over my life for the last year or so. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Looks like a lot of work. Oh, it's so impressive. It's ridiculous. Actually, when I first started off with real shoots, I just had in my head, well, I was originally just going to do one. This is this whole steamroller thing. Yeah. <laughs> Seeing a reoccurring theme here, Charlotte. Yep. <laughs> I know. Um, yeah, so it was originally just going to be one, and I thought, oh, yeah, I'll just get a videographer and I'll just photograph, I'll just get him to film me doing a session, and then I'll sort of release that as a tutorial. That sounds good. And then at some point, I don't know how it happened, but I was like, oh, I think I need to do 10 of them. <laughs> But um, I, I thought, oh, yeah, no, I can just release one per month for, you know, for, for 10 months. And I think, you know, that'll work out quite nicely. And it'll only be like a week or so of work each month. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, is that all? Yeah, yeah, you know, just a week or so. It turns out that pretty much releasing an episode is about three and a half weeks of work. Oh, um, my God, Charlotte. So I haven't had a lot of time to dedicate to anything else over the last year. But I guess like the reason that, that I wanted to create something like that um, is because you can only go, you can only get so much across through the written word mm-hmm. and still mm-hmm. photos. And that's pretty much what I've been teaching through. Other than in-person mentoring sessions, um, all my other learning materials are sort of based on me writing stuff and taking still photos and showing what I mean that way. And by actually doing the in-person mentoring with people, I could see how much more quickly people pick things up and how much easier it was to demonstrate techniques and and do things in person. It's always so much easier to do things in person than it is to try and explain it. So I wanted to kind of give everyone that opportunity to learn from me in a way that I knew really worked for certain people, well, pretty much everyone that I've ever mentored um, has come, you know, come away from that experience just feeling like they've learned so much. Um, so I guess it was my way of um, creating a, a learning resource or a set of learning resources that would enable people to almost be on the shoot with me, um, sort of, you know, looking over my shoulder and seeing why I make certain decisions and why I use certain settings and, you know, the sorts of things that you you wouldn't normally even teach or think about, like, you know, how to talk to the owner and what to do if things don't go as planned, you know. So I guess that was um, – I guess that was my, my big reason for creating something like that is because it just wasn't – it was I don't think anyone's other than sort of creative live and mm-hmm. one and those sorts of things. Um, I couldn't really see it being done elsewhere in the pet photography world. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, um, yeah, I just thought it would be really helpful for people. Oh, I can imagine it would be incredible for people. It's basically them getting one-on-one mentoring with you. Yeah. Through the computer, it's so so great. Um, so sorry, Charlotte. So if you could just um give us a bit of a rundown about your promotion that you're doing at the moment for the videos, I think the listener would be super interested in this um in this special. Yeah, awesome. Okay, so I'm nearly finished the Real Shoots complete course. That's all 10 episodes. The 10th episode is coming out on July 15. So up until that point, you can still get the complete course for the introductory price of $590. And 
after that point, after the 15th of July, it's actually going up. It's going up to 897 and there'll be a few extra bonuses and things added at that point. Um, but anyone who purchases it before then also gets those bonuses. So it's definitely a good idea to um, jump in and um, get it while the, the price is at that introductory sort of price. Um, so as a special bonus, if anyone has purchased any episodes, you will get like a pro rata credit for, for up to four episodes. Mm, um, so you get a further discount off that introductory price which is really handy and the first five people who purchase a complete course actually get a live portfolio review with me so that's an hour on Skype with me as we go through uh, a portfolio of 25 images and sort of discuss those together so that's people have found that really really helpful Um, Mm -hmm. everyone else who purchases a complete course between now and the middle of July also gets a written portfolio review so that's um, that's also something that people have found very very helpful um, you'll also get a copy of both of my ebooks, Fetching Photos and Dog Shots. And you also get um, access to my private Facebook group, the Real Shoots Complete Course Facebook group. So it's a really great community we've got going on there. Um, it's kind of like a mini hair of the dog group, um, but you get sort of you get direct access to me. So if you ever got any issues or whatever, you can ask in the group, and I'll help you out, especially if it's in relation to anything real shoots related. Um, and I think that's it. I think that's all the bonuses. But yeah, there's some really really great bonuses in there. Um, and if you can if you can jump in and grab that before the price goes up on the 15th of July, um, I think you'll find it yeah super helpful. Yeah, that's a fantastic offer. Thank you so much for sharing that, Charlotte. I think anyone who's interested in certainly improving the technical side of their pet photography and just improving their pet photography in general would be crazy to miss that up, especially um, that's a huge discount too and you've thrown in so many extra goodies. So awesome. Thank you for sharing that. And um, we're going to share that direct link so you can grab that huge bonus and all those extra goodies for the Real Shoots course. We're going to share that directly in the members area. So for all of our Pet Photography Club members, you can grab that there. Um, If you're not a member, but yet you can sign up at the petphotographersclub.com slash join. Um, so, yeah, fantastic. Thank you so much, Charlotte. That's all right. I'm excited. <laughs> Episode 10 will be out um, mid-July. Ooh, that's exciting. I'm having a party. <laughs> I hope you're going to give yourself a holiday for at least a brief break after all that. Yeah, I am at the island for two weeks in August, so I'm definitely having little bit of time away which is awesome nice is that a holiday or teaching it's a holiday nice (laughs) yeah we're going over for a friend's wedding so yeah awesome I was gonna ask you about that just quickly um so you must like did you have a full team involved or were you doing all the edit and everything um yeah so I, I use videographers called trending media Australia um, but usually it's just the two video cameras. Um, it's the main guy, Aaron, and then a, a secondary, it's kind of like a second tutor, I suppose, sort of role. And there's also the editing tutorial. So for each episode, there's two sort of 20 to 35-minute editing tutorials. I do all those myself, so I record them and, and put them all together myself. Um, and then there's a learning guide, a PDF learning guide. that I write all that and lay it out and do all that myself as well. So, Wow, that is some dedication. <laughs> I'm seeing why it's three and a half weeks work per episode. <laughs> I'm also a bit of a control freak and a perfectionist, and that gives me enough latitude to, I guess, fulfil those little personality traits of mine. <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> okay. so it works. It works out quite well. I don't, I'm not really good at handing stuff over to people unless they've got full written instructions on how to do it. I feel you. I don't I actually. I can't relate to that, but I've seen both of you two doing those things. So <laughs> I'll believe you. <laughs> anyway, that was yeah. a bit of a. Um, uh, sidetrack I was just interested personally sorry listeners um <laughs> so finally uh, we do like to end our interviews by asking what success means to you personally uh, deep one yeah. um <laughs> what success means I suppose it's like the the ability for you to be able to do what you love mm-hmm. um to not feel like you're I guess stuck in a, a job day to day doing stuff that you feel doesn't um, sort of advance yourself personally. Um, I think mm-hmm. a lot of people are, are doing a job because it, you know, obviously it pays the bills and they kind of don't mind doing it. But I think, like, I, not a day goes by where I don't get up and look at my day ahead and go, oh, I can't wait to do this. Oh, I can't wait to do that. I'm going to do that today and actually be excited about what you're doing. Um, So Mm -hmm. I I guess success to me, like I I feel successful now because that is what I get to do. Um, Not necessarily because I'm sort of earning money or anything. It was nice, obviously nice to be earning enough money to be able to pay your bills and that sort of thing. But um, actually getting good island. Yeah. Actually getting up and, like, thinking, oh, wow, I can't wait to do this today and that being – and you've been yeah. doing things for yourself um, and and not for other people, I suppose. But I guess I guess that's my definition of success in that I have pretty much always been an entrepreneur. Like, even when I was working in web design or, you know, partly employed, it was sort of – I was still always doing my own thing. I love doing my own thing. <laughs> And I guess that kind of just boils down to the whole perfectionist thing and control freak thing and that um, I, I don't like being told what to do. <laughs> <laughs> I'm very much the same. I feel you. <laughs> I think that's a very good trait for someone who's self-employed, so it's all good. Yeah. <laughs> yes, that's it. I like to run my own show. Um, and so success to me is being able to run my own show and, and love, you know, loving what I'm doing every day. Awesome. Okay. So finally, um, how should our listeners find you? Uh, okay. So if you wanted to check out my actual photography business, that's Charlotte Reeves Photography. So you can just go to charlottereeves.com.au um, and you can also just do a search on Facebook for, for Charlotte Reeves Photography. I'm on Instagram as well. I post mostly behind the scenes stuff to Instagram. Um, so that's a good one to follow. Um, if you wanted to have a look into my learning uh, side of things so I have a website called learnpetphotography.com.au I also have a Facebook page and an Instagram account um, if you just search learn pet photography you'll find it um, and if you wanted to follow follow my little furry terrors my little um, <laughs> every day they make me happy and make me smile they're so awesome so my puppies Fletcher and Opal they're Australian shepherds and they have their own Instagram account. They actually have way more followers than I have personally. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you can you can check them out on Instagram as well. So they're just Fletcher and Opal on Instagram. Um, Guaranteed to make anyone looking at their Instagram want an Aussie Shepherd. I was 
struggled so hard to resist when we were looking into getting a puppy. I'm like, but I want one just like Fletcher and Opal. <laughs> they're pretty awesome. They're, they're, they're so gorgeous. They're hard work. They're really hard yeah. work. They keep me on my toes. But that's the awesome thing about them actually because mm-hmm. when I had my great dames, they were just so lazy and just so just did whatever, you know, what was happening and just had multiple giant beds all around the house that you sort of mm-hmm. lounge, lounge around on and that sort of thing. And I, I found it hard. Like I, I, they didn't push me to get out of the house. And so I would just like spend way too long on the computer. Whereas these guys now, they're like at a certain time of day, they're like, right, we're going outside. We're pretty, <laughs> you're coming with this mum. <laughs> so they're actually really good and they keep me, they get me out of the house, which is probably awesome. Because I love what I do so much. So I probably just, you know, work 24 seven. But <laughs> yeah. Excellent. Uh, was there anything else you wanted to um, add for the listener show? Yeah, actually, I've just um, – so for the last couple of years – Oh, sorry. Just one second. <laughs> and it's a pet photographer's podcast. <laughs> that was the mailman. I apologize. <laughs> Go for it, Charlotte. We'll let Flea sort herself out. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, okay. So for the last couple of years I have been doing uh, a tip of the day series. So I'll basically just do a little pet photography tip with a photo and I've been posting that on my Instagram account and also publishing it to my blog and that sort of thing. Um, so I've only just recently turned all these tips of the day into actual email sequences that you can subscribe to. That's so great. So there's a main tip of the day um, list that you can subscribe to and you basically get a tip every day for 90 days. So that's three months worth of, of daily tips you get in your email inbox. Um, and there's also a few specialist series as well. So there's an action one. There's one about black dogs, uh, pets and people, cats, um, shooting urban. So there's a bunch of specialist ones as well. So if you wanted to check those out and they're all totally free and you can subscribe to them, you can subscribe to, you know, multiple ones or you can like do a series and then go and subscribe to a a new series. So um, you can find them just by going to my Learn Pet Photography site in the tip of the day page and just go crazy (laughs) and subscribe. That's awesome. Because I I think they're going to be really helpful for people. So pretty excited. Yeah, absolutely. You are just wealth of knowledge. You're fantastic. Thank you so much for coming on. This was such a great interview. I'm so excited that this is going to be the one that we release first because like we're going on just over 50 minutes now and it is insane the amount of stuff that you shared with us. Thank you so, so much. Okay, I feel I feel honored to be the first one. That's really exciting. Awesome. <laughs> Yay, Aussie pet photographers. Um, beautiful. So we'll wrap this up now. We'll let you go. Thank you so much. Have an awesome rest of your week and congratulations on the near completion of real shoots. <laughs> um, and yeah, we'll we'll chat to you really soon, I'm sure. Have an awesome day. Yeah, no worries. Thanks, guys. See ya. So that was Charlotte of Charlotte Reeves Photography. And how great was that to hear how Charlotte got started, the impact uh, meeting other photographers had on her business, and of course, all those awesome tips on improving your photography. We have all the links and resources that Charlotte mentioned in our show notes for this episode. So just visit thepetphotographersclub.com forward slash podcast forward slash two. 
And next week, we're going to be diving even deeper into that impact of creating relationships with other photographers, a little bit about how Kirsty and I have done that, just bouncing off what Charlotte said in this interview. Um, it's in our members-only episode. So if you're not a pro member of the Pet Photographers Club already, don't forget that you can join today and you'll get your first month free. Club membership gets you access to the Mastermind Group on Facebook, the fortnightly deep dive and Q&A, plus exclusive discounts and all other sorts of awesome things or for just $10 a month. So head over to the petphotographersclub.com to find out more. Okay. That's everything for today. Thanks so much for tuning in. As always, Caitlin and I wish you all the success in your business. If you're enjoying the podcast, we would love, 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 love for you to rate and review us on iTunes and to spread the word about the Pet Photographers Club. May your clients be happy, your business be successful and the dogs not pee on your camera bag. Bye for now. <laughs> See Bye. you guys.